Support for this podcast comes from PayPal. Small business owner, PayPal QR codes are the safe and easy payment option. It's all the security PayPal is known for online, in person. Cash only, QR codes allow you to accept credit or debit with everyday low fees. No additional hardware or software needed. Use the app to generate your unique QR code. Customers scan your code with their PayPal app to pay you. Learn more at paypal.com slash us slash get QR code. Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing, hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Hello there. My name is Lauren Heath, the empathpreneur, and I am sitting in for Josh Carey on The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. I've had the pleasure to sit here with Jeff Venn today. How are you feeling today, Jeff? I'm as pumped as I'm ever going to be, truth be told. (laughs) I love it. I love the honesty. So I know that you have a lot of different entrepreneurial adventures going on, and I'm so excited to have you share with our listeners more about it. Uh, Tell us more about yourself and your kind of journey on entrepreneurship. Sure. So I went the typical route. Uh, My parents sent me to college. I got a computer science degree. I minored in graphic design and I got this wonderful job in my early 20s. And I had this wild thing called a pension where apparently you work at the same place for 30 years of your life. So let's just say I started there at 23. You know, at 53, I ride off into the sunset here in lovely Jacksonville Beach, Florida. Hopefully, I still have my life intact and I, I, I sip cocktails and receive a paycheck every two weeks until I die. So that all went well and great. I worked at the big municipality here in Jacksonville, so electric water, wastewater, and you know, it's 2,000 people. It's kind of civil service, city-owned. And then we had a 200-person IT department. This was in the early 2000s. And uh, I kind of had a good ride. So I quickly rose up to the top in leadership, and I got to like the director level, of which I dearly love those people. So this was like a six-and-a-half-year ride right out of school. And... Um, I, I just remember, though, like I, I had to drive and, and you can relate if you get the Sunday scariest, you know, I had to drive 40 minutes to work. And I happened to grow up right by the beach and I love surfing You know, here in Florida in the spring. The waves would get really good. The sun would come out longer. The time change would happen. And, you know, there was no work from home. And then I drove to a place where about a third of the employees were civil service and they were three years from retirement, five years, and they would just check the box. And. You know, we know those stats, right? In an eight-hour workday, maybe we get like four or five, six productive hours. So, yeah, I got there. And so I remember just kind of dreading springs and stuff like that. And I was going to get my MBA, have them pay for it, and get this permanent director position or not. It didn't work out because of politics, right? So I was in good standing there, but I didn't get the position. And then I was like, man, I'm sick of these, these IT projects taking so long. We go back to the leadership team. They yell at us for like wasting $30 million of the city's money and asking for a million more every year. And then I looked across the table and there's this guy quite my senior. He's an awesome guy, Richard. I loved him, but he was making like barely more money than me. And so I just looking at this table, this old like city of Jacksonville, you know, style building, 
up on the 13th floor and I'm just like, dude, do I have to sit here like 25 more years? Like, this is the dream. And then like, I'm driving, like, cause you know, I had to drive in town, park in the parking garage, walk across the street, go through security, go up 13 floors. So talking a solid 45 minutes, so hour and a half a day in traffic. And I was just like, dude, this is killing me. So at the time I, I was married, my wife was the homemaker and I had one small child who was about a year old. And, um, you know, websites were really picking up. This was around like 2005 and, and they actually finished and you can actually have control over them. And being a computer programmer, minor graphic designer, I was just really fascinated by it. So I was like, man, I wonder if I can like cut the cord and go out on my own and, uh, you know, sustain this little family. I left in really good standing there, but that it's 2020 at the time of this recording. And that was back in 2005. So doing everything with a little cushion and kind of moonlighting for six months and having like maybe three months of clients booked up. I think I needed like $5,000 a month at the time. And I had like, I don't know, around $15,000 in revenue on the books or that was close to confirmed or, you know, it was going to come in in payments. So yeah, I, I, I surprised everybody. And I, I left JEA knowing that, that I could go back to the municipality and, uh, boom, here we are. And if you draw a line in the sand right now, it, it worked out through a lot of, uh, you know, grit and grind and tribulation. And we're here 15 years later. And so now the agency, it's, it's run by millennials, uh, largely without my day-to-day -day involvement. I, I work about eight hours on the agency. And then with the rest of my time, I've just been speaking to the younger Jeff and I uh, started this thing called Converge. And so Converge is a movement for millennial entrepreneurs. Uh, the goal is to have a co-work space here in pandemic times, things are kind of weird, but in the meantime, I've been doing mentoring programs. I got some other ideas for the future. So yeah, I'm here to talk about like mindset, entrepreneurship, and kind of like, you know, having that, that moment of awakening and self-discovery where you can live by the scripts that were given to us. I grew up under a lot of religion. I grew up under a lot of, this is how marriage works. This is how the white picket fence gets set up. You know, this is why a pension's so great, Jeff. You're so lucky you got one. Those are out of style now. And I just kind of told all that to flag off and did my own thing and and made it uh, and made it meaning, you know, it's 15 years later and it's, it's going okay. So that's what I define as making it as. I love it. I love it. I'm One of my favorite quotes is my Angelou's success is uh, liking what you do and liking how you do it, right? Sure. Um, something that you said uh, I thought was really interesting, and this is on your, your website too, you were saying, you know, you don't subscribe to the scripts of society house for us or the boxes that, you know, you, people try to fit you in. And like that really resonated with me. Like I know people are always like, oh, think outside the box. But like that's that never really stuck with me. I'm always like, I'm actually standing on top of the box. So I don't even see the box. Like I'm not even aware of the box. So I think that's really cool um, that, you know, you, it seems like, you know, a very like a creative kind of thinker, which is funny because for me, like, uh, you know, I think when people think of folks with computer science backgrounds, creative isn't necessarily the worst, like first word to come to mind. Yeah, for sure. And I think as entrepreneurs, like we have a desire to to make some kind of change or, or have some kind of autonomy. And it re really requires us to think for ourselves because by no means was a logical decision with, you know, uh, a marriage of a couple years and a kid on the way it was by no means a logical decision to leave what is pretty much one of the most stable jobs you know, in Jacksonville, pension fund with the city, you know, working in IT, come on. But, you know, at the end of the day, we want to feel a certain way. And the way I felt when I had to drive, make that drive to work, or the way I felt when the waves were up and I couldn't take off four hours because it was just a bad look and you couldn't take half day of vacation. You know, I was like, no, you know, I, I, I can't do this. I think I can give it a crack on my own. Worst case scenario, I just go back. I left on good terms and, and you know, on the ship went. And then I've challenged that. Um, you know, uh, I've, I've been through divorce. I've been through toxic relationships, including making those myself. I grew up under a lot of religion, right? And a lot of times we don't choose where we were born. We don't choose our name. We don't choose our belief system. And perhaps 
if they're serving you, great. I'm glad we all stop at stop signs. I'm glad people aren't getting creative and driving on the left side of the road unless they're intoxicated, which they shouldn't. You know, so certain things are chill, but other ones, like whether we celebrate the gluttonous Black Friday that just happened or not, you know, those are entirely of our creation and our making, and we have every right to question them, change them, and challenge them. So, you know, if I'm not breaking the law and I'm, I'm providing for those that need to be provided for, why not give it a crack? Because I know how I'm going to feel going after those things versus just burying my head in the sand and living my life on autopilot. Mm. I love that. And so I'm wondering, you know, you're, you know, saying that, you know, you work with around, you surround yourself with forward thinking millennials and, uh, you know, you serve millennials. I'm wondering, you know, is there a reason for that? Because I know as a millennial myself, um, I know people like to give millennials a lot of, a lot of crap. (laughs) And, you know, you know, people say that, you know, we're unfocused and all these things, but what I found and what I believe is that we just aren't satisfied with the status quo. And like, we have to really believe in the message and every, we have to really be behind what we're doing and what we're working for. So I'm wondering if that's maybe why, you know, that was kind of been your whole story. Like you really had to, like, I'm not really satisfied with what was set up for me. You know, I want to, I don't want to, I want to be able to stop and pull off the road and go surfing and not have to drive by twice a day um, and miss these moments. So I'm wondering if that's why you chose to work with millennials. Sure. So the reason I like working with young people is in, in ages to some degree a number, right? But let's just say a lot of people under 30 may not be married yet or in significant long-term relationships with a partner. Uh, they may not have kids. Um, for example, I love medicine. I would love to be an internal medicine doctor, but right now, you know, near 40, that would be a very hard change to make. Could I do it? It just take a lot of resistance, right? But I notice, you know, when you're young and thinking or actually young, young, the world is your oyster. You can go any direction. And I, I think these days you could flat stumble through your twenties, th- show up destitute and broke at 30 and go get a job at some financial institution doing customer service calls. It's waiting for you. So I find it this, this younger age with uh, our work that we do or a digital agency, we can work from anywhere. Uh, we have it set up. So no one works 40 hours a week. There's, there's one girl that likes to work too much, but the rest of us work like 30 to 35 hours a week. That's our sweet spot by design. Um, you can have your cake and eat it too. So these millennials, they are hungry to travel. They're hungry to not make work their life front to back from 7 a.m. in the morning to 7 p.m. And they're open-minded to ideas because they haven't worked a certain way for decades or they don't think like the pension is the way of the future. And frankly, you know, my grandma's super excited about the pension, my parents too, but probably you, you're like a pension. Like, what does that do? Those even still exist. So I find the open-mindedness of youth, uh, the ability to not have such a huge nut in history to carry uh, really puts you, particularly Lauren or um, uh, younger people in a great place to just really, you know, throw the spaghetti at the wall and try it. So if you want to work at our agency 25 hours a week, and there is a role for that. And the rest of the time you like want to be a wedding planner, or you kind of want to do your influencer thing, and maybe you don't get paid to travel, but at least it's free because you got to promote it. Well, guess what? You know, young person, young woman, young lady, go for it because you can. And, you know, if it's not working out in a few years, find something else. But that's what I love that just that curiosity, that uninhabited ambition. Yeah, I love that, too. I think that's really amazing that it sounds like you kind of saw this gap, like this something that was missing in our society where it's like, you know, you can want to have a really great work-life balance and do all these things that, um, I guess for lack of a better word, that like young people are doing, you know, with digital marketing and influencing. Um, So I love that you kind of like took these two things that, at least for me, like I didn't necessarily think that they could go together and you and mash them together. Um, 
I'm wondering, you know, this is just me, you know, thinking out loud here. I'm wondering, you know, what your perspective is, you know, around like leadership, like what, what type of leader would you describe yourself as? Yeah, so I, I like to give people a really long leash. So the people that work best on my team, they know what the job is. They know they can get help or ask for help when they need it. But we actually pay people hourly. They, they work for Create Studios, you know, full time or whatever hours we agreed on. I told you we generally work 30 to 35 hours. But um, yeah, within that window, they're allowed to figure it out. They're empowered to do it th to themselves. And we play people to their strengths, right? So we have people that are really good at the social media and the reviews and reputation management. Our coder's pretty technical. He's good with hosting and DNS records and all that uh, technical hosting stuff. So I really just like to give people the benefit of the doubt and give them a chance because I don't know about you, when, when you're kind of good at something or you're like eager to learn something and someone's like, hey, you got this, like, go for it. You know, I got you. Here's some tools and resources and here's your sandbox. It's actually pretty liberating. And guess what? They get pretty good. The girl that runs our finances is freaking 24 years old. Now, granted, we have a CPA and the CPA balances the books and stuff, but the person who sends the invoices, collects, makes sure contracts are signed. She started when she was 22 years old. She's a beast. I always joke with her. Her name's Stacy. I'm like, you know, Stacy, if you're my age, I'd be working for you, but I don't work for other people, so you couldn't be my boss. So I just try to find these caliber of people because there's around 10 of us, give or take, and I, I try to find a caliber of people who, who has that autonomy and that desire for autonomy can manage responsibility. A lot of us can't handle freedom, but if uh, uh, quite a few of us, if we're given some good boundaries, some good resources, we can like make our own painting with those. Like, hey, here's your 10 colors, here's your canvas. Now go have fun. I know you can paint, you said you could, let's see what you can make. That's beautiful. You're literally creating, you know, allowing people to create their own art in a way. Um, I think that's gorgeous. And, and also, you know, it sounds like you've really allowed the people around you, the people on your team to kind of build this business and have it grow with you, which is really great. It sounds like they're kind of a core part of the growth and the structure of everything. Yes, yeah, it's, it's really cool. This year we crossed a new bridge. I've always wanted to, um, we have really three really strong leaders and they're all very different. Um, I'm in marketing, so a lot of them are female. I'm really into uh, women's equality has been a big thing theme. I have mm -hmm. two daughters and two sons and um, you know, that's just been a big issue lately. Not only do, do is there equality for women, but regardless of your, your gender, your race, your sexuality. So that's a big thing. But uh, I, I just like to empower people to get out there and, and have the freedom to be able to do it. I love it. I love it. Hey there, entrepreneurs. Eric Cabral here, founder of On Air Brands and host of the Entrepreneur Circle and Capital Hacking. I wanted to share something truly unique with you that we've created called Pod Max, which is an amazing opportunity to connect you with major podcasts to help you share your fascinating stories with their communities. This unique invitation-only event includes interviews with you on top-rated business podcasts all in one day. It also provides a unique networking opportunity with high-performance guests and thought leaders who are authors, coaches and consultants, investors, speakers, executives, you name it. These are the type of people that you need to be around. We also provide industry expert keynotes to hit our stage to share insights on podcasting, investing, marketing to help you take things to the next level. And the cool thing about Podmax is that it has a multimedia agency engine behind it with on-air brands to provide social media promotions before and after the event to share your brand new shows with your network. So hit the apply now button at podmax.co and I hope to see you at the next Podmax event. So I know that, you know, Create Studios, this digital marketing agency, isn't all that you do. You have this newer uh, venture that you are exploring. Tell us more about that. 
Yeah, so the, the ideal goal is we want to launch a co-work space here in Jacksonville, but we're in Jacksonville Beach and the real estate's just stupid expensive, like a piece of crap billions, like a million dollars. And, you know, the pandemic's going on at the time of this recording 2020. So in the meantime, I've started this thing called Converge and you can go to weconverge.io. That's weconverge.io. And I've been mentoring millennial entrepreneurs. And then instead of launching a co-work space, I have this awesome idea. I was inspired by some YouTubers and I'm going to launch the Converge house. So I'm going to fly in. Uh, eight uh, millennial entrepreneurs, really from anywhere in the world, but ideally most will come from the US. We're gonna live in a house near the beach and they're gonna work on their business from this house for a month. And then they're gonna work on one wildly important goal. And that's something I wanna get into, like goal setting, actually working you know, on your business and like elevating your business versus just like putting out fires and pushing the product or service across the table. So the Converge House, one month, eight entrepreneurs, one wildly important goal for their business. And then there's all kinds of adventures here. I love to surf, paddleboard, uh, just stay healthy and active and we're near St. Augustine, the nation's oldest city. So we're going to have lots of fun too. I, I find that my team, we actually enjoy partying together. We party responsibly, but we, every, uh, our creative director is in Ocala, Florida. So we'll drive three hours South. We'll work from a coffee shop. Our creative director is an artist and we'll go to like different art events and things like that. So like having that work-life harmony go together, it's all around just great vibes. So once again, people crap on, you know, um, millennials or people in their early 20s just being stupid or not having their stuff together. And I beg to differ. Like the, the people I roll with inspire me. They teach me and, you know, they keep it fresh for me because things are always changing, right? The way it was done 10 years ago is not the way it's done today. And um, the, the younger generation does have the answers and they, they shall pave the way to the future. I love it. I love it. You know, with Converge House, you know, what we are working towards, um, it sounds like there's a lot of room for creativity. And I love that it, not everything that you're doing is, you know, the, what's going on in the house, the work. It's the outside, the kayaking and the being in nature and the community. Like, that's so powerful. I love that. Yeah, that's something we miss as entrepreneurs. Like, um, yeah, I, I highly recommend for anyone listening to this, if, if you're not a part of coaching or getting coaching, which can be expensive, but you can get it in the low hundreds of dollars, like good coaching easily is a thousands of dollars a month. But, um, you know, do that because a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we get really excited about an idea. And I did this in my business and it just consumed all my time and it consumed my front to back, but life is a wheel, right? And so, so business and like, you know, career profession is a part of it, but then there's family and then there's friendships and then there's our physical health. There's that element of spirituality and then there's the element of play, right? How often do we play without any end in mind? So um, I find that working on that wheel is super important. So um, that's something I've really been unpacking lately. I've been encouraging the team to do and we've um, really gotten into goal setting and, and, and setting a goal every year, one wildly important goal that's either a revenue generating or a growth generating goal and going after that thing. Because a lot of times, like we're pretty good at delivering the product and service and the marketplace might, you know, stop buying from us or start buying a lot and we respond to those changes. But it's really important to always step back and look at that work that's important important, but perhaps it's not urgent that will evolve your organization or even you as an individual. It could be some fitness goal. It could be some goal to really uh, have some breakthroughs in relationships, right? Uh, relationships can create an amazing drain on time and energy in our lives. So yeah, I'm really into kind of like that, that, that progress is key because when I'm evolving and when I'm growing, like our products and services, a company or in my personal life, it just feels a lot more satisfying because I find that life 
will push me to the normal middle. The holidays will come. I'll eat a lot of food. I'll gain weight. I'll feel pudgy. Like, I don't know, going out and escaping and, and partying, having fun is a real trap. It just doesn't require a lot of responsibility. So I find we, we kind of got to stay on our guard. So two things there. One is not to get so involved in the business that these other areas of our life suffer. And then, then two, um, you know, making sure that we're questioning like, like, like what we're about and what we're doing and, and, and constantly making tweaks and improvements, because I don't know about you, but I want to be a kinder, nicer, better, more empowering person than I was say five years ago. And I don't know about you. We certainly don't act like we did when we were eight or 18 or 28, if you're there. And I don't know that that evolution is super important. So I found a lot of people just get caught in the day-to-day -day of life or just get their heads buried in their business and you know, they miss the forest for the trees. And eventually what happens, you burn out or you're not paying attention, you know, to the marketplace or other things, perhaps uh, precious relationships in your family and those things will crash and you'll pay the price. And then you will pay attention, but it's because you had to, not because you chose to. <laughs> oh, I'm laughing because I, that resonates with me so much. So, um, I mean, that ascent, that basically happened to me. I, um, you know, I, I went through a divorce as well. And it was that, that really, you know, triggered this like change where, you know, prior to divorce PD prior to divorce, <laughs> I, um, you know, I, people were like, you know, you need to work on your mindset, you know, your, you know, your outlook on life and all this different stuff. And I was like, I just, I honestly just don't have time for that. I'm too busy. Um, you know, I was too busy working in my business and, you know, in it, not on it. Right. Um, and then once that divorce happened, that really triggered things. And I was like, okay, like I really need to make this change. And then like you've been saying, all of these positive things just kind of started happening for me and all this, you know, these right people keep showing up and I changed my relationships in my personal life and my business. And it's just crazy how it took off. So I really think it's extremely powerful that, you know, with, uh, you know, both of your businesses, but especially this new one that you're creating, you're creating this space where people can come together and really marry the two things, you know, your, 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 your mindset and your business and how to kind of have this balance between the two and your work-life balance and marry that together. So good for you. That's amazing. I love it. I love that. And Lauren, don't you find it self-reinforcing? Like I always take weight loss because that's a very satisfying one. Like in our, in our culture, just the portions are so big. It's hard to get the workout and it's hard to do right. But have you ever had a victory there and like you, you put on those jeans or that outfit, you feel so good about yourself and it makes you want to go after it more. And it's not that you stand above others, but you kind of did that thing that you couldn't do for yourself. So I, I like what you're saying about, you know, PD post-divorce. I'm, I'm sure like when you got a couple of victories, like, holy shit, like I didn't know life could feel this good day to day. What other areas could feel good? So when we like listen to a podcast like this or Lauren, you and I have a discussion like this, I find it self-reinforcing. And you know what? That, that bad energy or that energy where it's on autopilot or, or unhealthy tends to kind of fade away. And it's not that life doesn't have problems. Life is full of problems, car crashes, health issues, unexpected emergencies. But by and large, those are the things that we actually didn't worry about, right? So I find that when I eliminate a lot of that toxicity or that autopilot or kind of check myself, like, and I open up small wins, like I go after more and more wins. And then when the adverse things do happen, because they will look at this year, you know, 2020 <laughs> pandemic, our revenue is certainly down. Actually, we just got in last month's numbers and they're not good, but you know, we can weather it and we can deal with it and, and, and we can do it and, and, and stride and, and actually make it because we are going to make it. I mean, we're here, we're breathing, right? We got some internet, got some fingers clicking away on the keyboard. I think we'll be okay. I love it. You have such a positive and beautiful, refreshing outlook on life. So I have to ask, you know, what kind of things do you do, you know, day to day to kind of keep you on this path of, you know, positive trajectory moving forward and to be able to share that, you know, with the people around you. 
Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I journaling is super important. So I love to have this kind of sacred time in the morning. And if you don't have it and you just, just reverse your clock back 20 minutes, but you know, you wake up, everything's off and you leave it off. And I, I do this thing called the morning pages. It's, it's actually stream of conscious writing. And if you want to be really nerdy about it, like get out an iPad with an iPad pencil or like write with pen and paper. Cause you can't write as fast as you can type, right? Typing, you can just get a bajillion ideas out, but writing, you'll actually slow down. And there's this like tactical connection between your handwriting, a little slower and processing things. So I'll get up and uh, just try to write three, six, 800 words, three pages of just stream of conscience. So some days it's like, I feel like crap. I mean, half the time, like I'll sleep good and I'll wake up one day and I'll just feel so hungry. I'll be like, feel hungry this morning, slept so long last night not looking forward to the day, forgot this, this, and this, but then I'll start unpacking stuff and I might go into gratitudes or I might just do a, a journal prompt. Like if I had a million dollars in the bank, what would I do today? And so I'll write that out. And I find by journaling more often than not in the morning, that's a great way to kind of clear the mind dump. The last thing I'll say on that is this, um, when we have thoughts and stressors and things in our head, they're very abstract, right? But the moment we open up our phone and record a voice memo, we have to put them in language and give them structure. The moment that we get them down on pen and paper, the moment we share that with a friend, all of a sudden this thought of, hey, revenue is slow and the pandemic stopped the co-work space and I don't know how I'm gonna achieve this vision. I don't really know what to do with the converge and millennial entrepreneurs. That's a bunch of mush. But the moment I write those same things down, all of a sudden it takes structure, it takes form. We all know in the mindfulness practice, uh, practice and meditation, like you catch that thought, you give it a name. And so I find that if people would just try a 14 day experiment, set the clock back, just stream a conscious journal for 10 minutes, you'd be really surprised at what you'll uncover. And I always go to the psychotherapist and stuff like that, but you'll save a healthy buck or two because those jokers ain't cheap. <laughs> I love that. Cheaper than therapy, just journal in the morning, <laughs> morning pages. Yeah. 10 minutes. So that's one. And then two, like what we put in our mouth. I, I, I struggled with weight when I was, um, uh, you know, here in middle age, near 40, uh, when I was married, I, I had quite a few pounds heavier. Luckily it was distributed pretty evenly. So it, it can be hard. You know, if I was in an environment where kids are around, I also have this habit of night eating, but if we could do our best to like avoid the processed foods, or for me, I like love to drink and have fun and alcohol, but alcohol is a depressant. You know, once I get on the liquor, the next day I'm guaranteed to have some kind of drag or hangover. So if we're aware of what we're putting in our body and we're trying to put in like less processed fuel, uh, foods, like more clean fuel, I generally try to follow pescatarian and just getting a little exercise in because exercise is like the only drug, you know, having tried antidepressants, illegal drugs, marijuana, all that. Um, exercise is like one of the few things where the endorphins get up. You get this beautiful brain burst and the come down is just so like natural and gentle. There's no side effects. So if we can watch what we eat and actually get out and move, even if it's a freaking 15 minute walk in the middle of the day. I mean, those two things right there, just journaling, cleaning up the diet a little bit, moving more would impact so many other areas of life. Because what happens? I eat crap food or I don't eat. I grind all day. I go a little harder and longer at night than I wanted. I do that two, three days in a row. And next time a kid comes up or I'm talking to a loved one or a client starts to get a little, little pissy, all of a sudden, like, I'm, I'm kind of snapping. And maybe I don't snap, but I have so much internal stress inside me to pull the snap back. And it's all because I just a little, lived a little raggedy for three days. So I'm definitely down for some red meat cheeseburger here and there, a pizza. And I definitely like to go out and indulge sometimes. But, you know, just kind of being mindful of these things you know not working all day burying yourself in that you know losing the force for the trees and making some few healthy changes just doing that for 30 days if, if you did that you know at the time of this recording for 30 days i guarantee you'd look back and like your mindset and the way you felt 
because we all want to feel a certain way every day, right? Why did I start my business? I want to feel a certain way. And the feeling was not driving downtown for 45 minutes, um, being miserable there for nine hours. So yeah, I find if, if you do some of those things for 30 days, like the results are shocking. And then Lauren, like you said earlier, post-divorce PD, like you got a couple wins under your belt, all of a sudden you're hungry for more and you've elevated your life. And to me, that's a game that'll never end. Perhaps I can't always go and jog, you know, five miles, but sure as heck I can move a little bit. Sure as heck I can journal or read a book that stimulates my mind. So no matter the age, the place, the time, or the physical condition, there there's movement to be made, forward movement. I love it. I love that. And what I'm hearing you say too, you know, you're talking about all this and I can see that, you know, obviously you put this into practice for yourself, which I think is, you know, one part of it. I think it's really easy, especially as leaders for us to say, oh yes, you need to prioritize this and this and this, and you need to do this, 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 and this. So it's one thing to do it ourselves, but it's another thing to actually also encourage your team and the people around you to do it. So I love what you were saying earlier when we were talking, you were saying, you know, that your team, you know, it's like 30, 35 hours a week max, you know, you try to kind of keep them at that, you know, top level, because I think it's really easy to, you know, preach all these things, but then when it comes to actually putting them into practice, you know, there can be a disconnect. So I love that you um, not only practice what you preach, but hold your team accountable to do the same. Yeah. And people love the culture. You know, over time, it's kind of funny because it's hard to look in the mirror and describe yourself. Like, have you ever tried to brand your own business or like write an email newsletter, design the first template? It's like the most miserable experience. Um, but yeah, over time, the culture is kind of like that. And people generally like working there every now and then they're not self-starters and don't like the heat or they're just kind of burned out. It's time for them to get on another path. And those moments are painful. But previous to that, yeah, it's pretty good vibes. And the cool thing is, like we spend a ton of time with the people we work with. So we have this standing team huddle. We have it at Monday at one o'clock on uh, every Monday at one. I don't like morning things because I don't get going that early, but uh, it's so awesome. I actually really look forward and enjoy the people I work with. It's kind of like an anchor. So every Monday at one, this 30 minute huddle, talk about some fun things we did, like our rocks for the week, what we got done for the previous week and just start the good vibes. So, uh, but as a business owner, I've kind of been able to create that culture. So if you're in a place where you, you can't have that, I don't know what to tell you, but if you're in a place where you are the business owner or you do have a say in the hiring process and the team, yeah, build that out carefully because we spend a ton of time with the people we work with. And you know, whether we're all in their personal business or not, we actually end up knowing a lot about them. So yeah, I find that work can be a re really rewarding part of life. And for me, that one o'clock Monday meeting instead of like getting the Sunday scaries like I'm like oh yeah like everybody's gonna be on at one and the zoom pops up and off we go it's pretty cool so that's how our work week kind of starts I love that that's beautiful um it sounds like you guys also uh, do you guys do EOS you're talking uh, about no I'm familiar with that we've done that uh the program I like and this is very affordable accountability and coaching is at commitaction.com so if you go to commitaction.com, it's like 350 or 400 for a month. I've done it for over a year. And um, it's a weekly call and a very strict uh, accountability system that, that actually produces results. So Commit Action and the psychologist Peter Schallard that runs that is what we've subscribed to. And um, it's given us the mindset. Uh, do you like the uh, EO? Yes. I forget what it is. <laughs> EOS. Yeah, I did that with my um, previous company. So uh, right now with my new business, it's just me, but, um, you know, I, I know that I'll do some sort of something like that with my newer business. I think just having some sort of accountability in place is really the important part and whatever system it is, as long as you stick to it, I think that 
Yeah. And that brings up a good point, Lauren, actually, to <clears throat> dovetail off that. No matter where we're at, we should always be on some like eating regimen, otherwise known as a diet, some exercise regimen, right? Because kind of doesn't matter what diet you do. It's just that it's in the doing that you get it. So I like what you said, like whether it's uh, EOS or, you know, we're doing commit action, like, like staying after it, right? Yeah, those frameworks help. Yeah, definitely. I love it. So I'm sure that our listeners are loving everything that you're saying and want to know where they can find you. And if they want to work with you, um, what would that look like and where could they find you? Yeah. So primarily they can go to jeffvin.com. Vin is spelled like the, the little Venn diagrams we learned about in math class. There's concentric circles, there's conjoining circles. So jeffvin.com. And that houses our digital agency and that's uh, at createwebstudios.com. And then also it links off to weconverge.io. So you got jeffvin.com, createwebstudios.com, and weconverge.io. And those are the three things that I have going on. That's awesome. And if someone was interested in Converge House, would they just reach out to you there? Yeah, for sure. Like uh, weconverge.io, um, they can get all the information there. And we, we always have some cre- pretty crazy fun stuff going on. Florida is freaking awesome. Like I didn't choose to be born here or like grow up within walking distance from the beach. But now that I know what we have, I'm sharing it with the world, Airbnb style. Come join us. That's awesome. It's been so great chatting with you, Jeff. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for being on the show. Right on. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.